Hey sisters, today I had a conversation with Leisha Drews. She is a holistic hormone coach and you do not want to miss this no matter what stage of life you're in or stage of your drinking and not drinking journey. This episode is going to be super beneficial for you. So stay tuned. Hey sister, do you feel stuck? Do you feel like you're living each day over and over on a loop? Maybe you feel like a failure because you keep telling yourself that today will be different. You wake up each morning hoping to do better, but when the afternoon rolls around, all your promises to yourself are shot. And society screams, you deserve to have that drink, eat that piece of cake, and scroll mindlessly through social media. Hi, I'm Michelle Porterfield, certified mindset and breakthrough coach, mom of three, former daily wine drinker, excuse maker, and promise breaker. Coffee's my jam, dry shampoo is my BFF, and I am so glad you're here. I have created this community to help you walk in faith towards freedom from alcohol and other strongholds like it. Together, we will work to show you your value, your strength, and your ability to overcome. So pop in your earbuds and go for a walk, or buckle up for your commute. Girl, get ready for straight talk and the truth, because it's time to elevate your mindset, develop healthy routines, and begin to thrive alcohol-free. Hey sisters, I'm super excited about this conversation. This is Leisha Drews and I am really thrilled to have her here because we're going to be talking about our bodies, hormones, cycle syncing, liver function, and all the amazing things. But first I want to let her introduce herself to you. And um, so thanks for being here and I want to hear a little bit about kind of who you are and then we'll, we'll dive in. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I'm super excited to chat this morning. Um, so my name is Leisha Drews. I am a wife and a mom of two little kiddos. My kids are six and two and a half. So they're still pretty little. We're kind of in that little stage still. And I am a, an RN and a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. And so what that has kind of culminated into is me being a holistic hormone coach. So I work specifically with women on balancing hormones through really looking into the root cause and not just looking at hormones. And, um, you know, I think a lot of times when people think about like hormone health, they think of like hormone replacement and that's not at all what I do. We really look at the root of health and starting to build things up in all different areas. Um, and the way that I focus on hormones is definitely through cycle syncing and through, um, really specifically helping women who have problems with painful periods and things like that. Awesome. Thank you. Um, and it's cool because I may have listeners that have heard of cycle syncing and, um, I definitely know they're in the age range of like, Oh, hormones. That's like a little, like, um, my ears are perking up because mm-hmm. we've just learned through the years hearing the word hormone. We understand that it greatly affects us, but yet we don't really know how and why and in the Mm -hmm. inside out of it too. So I know for me, a huge part of me becoming set free is set free from all things that, um, I still have a long way to go, but things that are harmful that whether I'm putting it into my body, whether it's medications, alcohol, things like that, but even just learning more, like, um, I learned about cycle syncing this summer, from some other ladies that I have met in the podcasting community. So let's start there. If you don't mind, kind of tell us what 
what that even means and why does it matter as a woman to know more about your cycle? Yeah, so I love talking about this. I'll try to keep it kind of short and sweet, but I definitely have a lot of resources for anyone who's listening, um, and we'll share those at the end of the episode too. So anything that I say here, I have have more we can go on afterwards. Um, But cycle syncing, I think it's really interesting that you said you heard about it this summer. I feel like it's really kind of gaining some traction with women. Like I feel like a lot more women are hearing about it and knowing about it. And honestly, like, I probably hadn't heard of it like a year and a half or two years ago. I would have never known what cycle syncing was. So what I really think um, cycle syncing is so helpful with is really just starting to understand how your own body and your own hormones work. And so what that looks like is I think kind of the term cycle syncing is really just talking about knowing where you are in your cycle. And that doesn't mean just like knowing when your period is coming or when it happened, um, but actually knowing that there's more to your cycle than just your period, because I think that's really a huge misconception that a lot of women have is just like, oh, my cycle is my period, right? Well, our cycle happens the entire month. Like we go through these 28 to 30-ish or more day cycles And each of the phases of the cycle, each of the weeks of your cycle, your body's actually doing something different. Um, And so I think it's really interesting to start understanding that and then knowing how that actually affects you. And that's what cycle syncing does for us. So I'd be happy to kind of go through like what our hormones are doing if you'd like me to do that. And then we can talk about how that affects like mood and productivity and things like that. Yeah, let's touch on each phase because I did find that interesting once I learned a little more about what they were called and then what was going on and really how it can relate to. So I know that I have done a little research on really utilizing your phases on how you show up, whether it's as a mom, you know, business owner. For me, Mm -hmm. for an example, for my listeners is like, when I'm in a certain energy phase, then that's when I'm a little bit more creative and I can show up and do my live videos or maybe batch some podcasts or, you know, cause I'm going to have a little bit more fuel and energy and creativity in my brain based on what I've learned. So let's just say a lot of the listeners are just kind of like, well, I just want to know like, what are the phases and just in general, how does it benefit me as a woman, whether in, cause I mean, most of my women, they're either, you know, taking care of their, it could be younger kids, but middle age kids and up and they're working and, you know, they're doing the things that all moms do. Like, how can that benefit them? And I guess maybe let's touch in a general way and um, then we'll just kind of go from there. Okay. That sounds good. So just to give you a quick little overview, I'd like you guys to just kind of picture as you're listening to this, um, like maybe some little lines on a chart, but just a general overview. When you start your period, the first day of your period is the first day of your cycle. And at that point, both of your main sex hormones, the estrogen and progesterone are at their lowest level. And so you've got two little flat lines of estrogen and progesterone. And then as your first week of your cycle is over your period week, that estrogen starts to rise and it rises all the way until ovulation and gets to its highest point, And then it drops off. So that first half of your cycle you have more estrogen and that's normal and that's good and that's what's supposed to happen. And then once ovulation happens, your progesterone spikes and that will stay dominant or high until your period starts if everything is working well. 
So I think it's helpful to know that when we go through the phases. So you kind of know which of your hormones is more dominant in those phases, um, because I think it is helpful in kind of understanding how that works and how you feel. Now, if things aren't working super well, and maybe there's some liver congestion or some gut dysfunction and things like that, and you're not processing your hormones well, you may notice that your phases feel different. And that's sometimes a sign that some things need to be worked on and maybe your estrogens are not well controlled and maybe they're dominant the whole time. So as I go through um, and you start to track this and notice for yourself, just know that this is one great way to start troubleshooting your own health and understanding if things are actually lined up how they should be or not. So we'll kind of go back to the beginning. So phase one is your period phase and when, it, when your period starts. And so that's generally about days one through seven. Um, I usually count it pretty much the days that you're still actively bleeding. So some will be a little shorter or longer. Um, but the period phase, again, is when your hormones are at their lowest level. And that actually creates the most connection between the right and the left sides of your brain, which is really, really cool because that is a time that you can analyze and you can plan. So I specifically use that time in my cycle to like plan my month um, to instead of like, oh, well, it's the first, so I need to plan stuff. Well, for me, my period doesn't start on the first all the time. Um, so I do it when my period starts. So that's when I plan um, plan for business for my month, when I plan my meals for my household, when I sit down with my husband and say like, okay, like what are our goals this month? You know, those type of conversations that need to be had. And some of it is just going to be like introspection on my own. So sometimes I can do some really more deep journaling in that time. If there's something that I've been kind of like thinking about that I need to really like question and work through and analyze, you know, journaling or something like that, that's a really, really good time to do it. And so during your period phase, you might feel a little bit lower energy. You might feel a little bit less social during that phase and that's okay. And it doesn't mean you're being a jerk or your bad mom or anything like that. It just means that like, that's where your hormones are. You're at a little bit lower level. And so you might be more introspective. And so knowing that you can give yourself a little bit of grace and also plan to do the things that will work best for you during that phase. So then when we go into phase two, phase two is the follicular phase. And that's because, um, the little capsule that holds the eggs that are being matured for ovulation is called the follicle. So when we go into the follicular phase, estrogen is rising and you're getting to the point where you are most fertile. And so actually, it's really, really interesting how God created our bodies. Um, there have been studies done, like blind studies, they can't see the woman. Um, and even our voices are considered to be more attractive during that time. So this is the time, like you mentioned, Michelle, for like creativity or for interviews, or if you're a mom who stays at home with your kids, like this is a time to go on a date with your husband because you're going to be more interested. He's going to be more interested. It's just going to be better all around. Um, you might in, in, sorry, you might notice a little bit of an increase in libido during that time. It's something you probably should see because this is a time where you actually could conceive a baby and our bodies are all about creating life. Right. Um, but also really even just looking at like if you're hosting family or if you, um, you know, have something big and social you need to do and you can plan it during this time, you're going to enjoy that a lot more. Um, I noticed personally that like right before my period, I'm like, I don't even want to go to church. I'm like tired 
and can we stay home this week? And my husband doesn't always go for that. But when it's ovulation time, I'm like, yeah, I want to go see people. I want to have people over for dinner. I want to get outside. Um, I want to take walks with my kids. You know, like it might be that time where you feel really good. Um, just as far as like being social and being interactive and those type of things. And I just want to say that it's really important to realize this is because your hormones are in that place and it's a great thing and it's great to take advantage of, but don't beat yourself up two weeks later when you don't feel like that, because it's not because you are suddenly a worse person or a mean person or whatever. Just understanding that like, because your hormones are changing, you're going to feel different at different times. And then you'll know that like probably how you feel will change in a few days, which is really honestly a good thing. Well, I will jump in right here because that right there has been huge for me in Mm -hmm. learning because I would find myself having times where I would get frustrated with myself. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like why, you know, especially in the gym. So when I learned a little bit more about how it relates to working out and the types of workouts that you do, you know, in this more high energy, maybe strength phase I had, I'm like doing the certain things at boot camp, and then I hit my lower energy phase, and then I'm not able to achieve the same things. And so mm-hmm. now I do give myself grace and go, Oh, it's because my energy levels and my hormones are low versus before. It's like, you know, like, what's wrong? Like, why can't I do mm-hmm. this? What's wrong with me? I thought I was getting stronger. And then we do the whole inner critic self talk. So, yes, this is so huge for that. Now, tell me. Um, about how long is this phase, the follicular? So each of the phases are about a week. Um, okay. And if you're, if you're actually tracking your cycle and tracking your ovulation and things like that, you'll be able to know exactly where you are. Um, that period phase will be while you're bleeding. The follicular phase will be until ovulation. The next phase, phase three, which I call the ovulatory phase, but it's right after ovulation actually. Um, that will happen when ovulation is over for about a week. And then you'll have about a week before your period starts. And of course, every woman's cycle is a little bit different timing wise, but if you're tracking, you'll know just exactly where you are. Um, and if you're not just count the days, one through seven is your period, seven through 14 is ovulation. Um, and then start seeing how you feel. And then you can kind of go from there and you'll know a little bit better. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Michelle with exercise, there's, there's a, there's just so many things that we can go into with cycle thinking. It's not all about productivity and mood, but I think those are the things that are maybe like a little bit more obvious, but definitely exercise and rest and self-care, like each of those things and nutrition, like all of them really can be different for each phase. Um, so you're right. Like this, the second phase and the third phase, the second and third weeks of your cycle are the time when you're probably going to have the most energy and you're going to do the best with exercise. Um, And so it's really, I think I totally agree with you. It's really helpful to know that. Um, And then you can give yourself grace when you need to, and also push yourself when you need to. So you don't have to push yourself all the time. Um, But when you're like, okay, like I, I do feel good today. It is my ovulation phase. Like I can do this versus like, you know, just always kind of feeling like, I don't want to, you know, you have, Mm -hmm. you don't have quite the same excuse level, which is really, I think a good thing to, not that you should ever push yourself just like crazy far, but when you are in those phases where you have higher energy, it's good to be able to push yourself and you know that you can. So 
we can move on to phase three. Um, okay. Phase three, like I said, I call the ovulatory phase. It's actually right after ovulation. And a lot of those kind of like higher feelings um, from pre-ovulation still kind of are there. Um, your progesterone should have taken over by now um, as the dominant hormone. And so you'll have a little bit more of a sense of calm um, because progesterone is kind of a relaxing hormone, but still generally good energy. Um, so this is actually a really good phase to just kind of like slow and steady, get things off your list. So this is a really good productive phase. You may still um, feel really creative. You may still want to be social. You may still want to be having those conversations. Um, but you specifically are able to just kind of like knock things off the list and just kind of like get things done during this phase. Um, and this is a phase that I think is almost like the most neutral because you're not feeling like super high or low. It's just kind of like a, honestly, like a medium phase. And so the focus in the first half of the cycle is going to be really focusing on um, reducing inflammation because you're naturally more inflamed in the first half. And so we'll talk about that in a minute, but um, during the second half, you really want to be focused on detoxification. And so that's going to look like supporting your liver really well. Um, there's some teas. I have a guide. Um, I think we can link to the guide. It's called the empowered fertility guide. And I actually have food for the first and second halves of the cycle and then also drinks. So like tea, um, I really like to use herbal tea, um, to help specifically with what you need in the first and second half of the cycle. So during the second half, dandelion tea is a really good one. Um, you can also use like lion's mane mushroom. That's really good for this phase of the cycle. Um, but when we're focused on detoxification, because we want to make sure that that estrogen that peaked in the first half of the cycle is actually able to go down and be processed out of the body appropriately and not recirculated, causing you problems. Um, so things like sweating, like getting good exercise and sweating or sweating in the sauna, those are a good way to um, start to detoxify doing lemon water in the morning is a good way to support your liver. And then I'm actually a huge fan of castor oil packs. If you haven't heard of those, um, they can be so helpful for women who have painful periods. So that's something that you can just Google, um, like castor oil packs for menstrual pain. There's some really good articles that you can start to look at. Um, but the second half of the cycle is a really good time to do castor oil packs. And those can be super supportive of the liver as well. So I love those. That's just a free tip for everybody. <laughs> I've seen yeah. some really, really good results with those. So kind of circling back around phase three, you can definitely focus on higher energy exercise, detoxification. And then as far as productivity, it's just kind of a week that you can slow and steady, get things done and just make sure that you're listening to your body, of course. Um, and then I think week four is really like the week that everyone really um, kind of demonizes a little bit or like it's kind of a, like the least favorite week because we have such a culture of PMS, PMS and yeah. hormone problems. And you know what? A little bit of a change in your mood is normal during this phase, but big, big mood swings, pure exhaustion, um, terrible cramping before your period even starts. Like none of that is normal. So when we go into this last week of the cycle, I really like to focus on self-care. And so I know self-care has like so many different connotations, but what that looks like for me and what I recommend to my clients is really just stopping and asking yourself, like, what do I need? Like, what do I need today? What would make me feel 
really good today? Like, is that a walk outside? Is that taking a nap during this phase? Sometimes you need a nap because your body is starting to kind of like come full circle and about to start your period again. And so I really like to encourage listening to your body in this phase. And I think it makes all the difference in the world with PMS. Um, I also like to, for busy mamas who are working and have a business or, you know, just like all the things that come with being a busy mom, I really like to encourage scheduling like one hour, the few days before your period, the day before your period, and just asking someone, babysitter, husband, anybody to just give you a little bit of space or when the kids go to bed or whatever that looks like for you, but just scheduling one hour that you're going to do something that just feels like you're really taking care of yourself. I found that that can make a huge difference in the grumpiness that comes before your period because you know that that's coming. You've already scheduled it for yourself and you just feel better about yourself when you've created some space there. So I really love doing that. And that does not have to be something fancy. Like a lot of times for me, it's like taking a bath or reading a book or stretching. Like it can Mm -hmm. be something so simple. It's not, not that it has to be like a whole spa day by any means. Um, but a lot of times, (laughs) sorry, I know I'm kind of like going all over the place. I was just thinking about this. Oh, I know. No, it's great because the common theme I'm hearing, and this is what I talk about with my listeners as well. It's just awareness. Yeah. That's what it's all about is like, I think the more we understand ourselves, which we typically don't, those of us has, that have been drinking for a long time, we know that we, we did at some point, but what got us to where we were drinking consistently was the fact that we weren't allowing that space and that quiet time and the, the place to like really decide what do we need. We were, we were in a, a season or decade where we just chose to, you know, any sort of emotion, any sort of trigger, any sort of discomfort or feeling, we would just numb it. So now Mm -hmm. those of us who are beyond that, it's like, okay, well, wait a minute. Like all this stuff's going on with my body and I'm trying to figure this out. So what I'm hearing you say, what I've been teaching, anytime we're trying to work on growth, we have to be aware first. So in order to even understand these, how we're feeling or understand these cycles, like you said, is we have to be aware that first of all, it's totally normal and that this is what we want our bodies to do. And in order to know, are we really cycling properly? We need to track. I've heard you say that a couple of times. Mm -hmm. So, um, I know how I track and I just do it basically because I found a really cool app. But when somebody's saying, okay, I have no clue. I just like deal with my life and my body does crazy things. And then my period shows up. Like what would be step one for them? So, yeah. So I'm interested to know what app you like to use. I have gotten the flow app. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've definitely seen that one. There's a lot of really good period tracking apps. Um, So I think there's two different ways to go about it, kind of depending, especially if you're like trying to prevent pregnancy kind of in that phase still, or like wanting to get pregnant, then I would definitely recommend um, using one of the apps, like the Flow app is good, Um, the Kindara app. I really like Kindara because they have a big, um, if you go into their settings, they have a big knowledge base and there's a bunch of articles and a bunch of videos to help kind of troubleshoot tracking your cycle. If you're like, well, it's not going how I thought it would or different things like that. So I like that app specifically for that reason. Um, 
But the really most effective way to track your cycle is to every single day spend like two minutes um, going in and tracking your symptoms, um, take your temperature in the morning and track that, and then also um, tracking your cervical fluid. And so all of those things are kind of covered in the Kindara app. There's also a really good book if you're like, I want to dive in and really learn about this. There's a book called, um, I have it over here, Taking Charge of Your Fertility. I really like that book if you are a reader and you want to dive in and really understand how to how to track your cycle. But if you're like, I just want to get started, um, start just by paying attention to what day you are in your cycle. Like really, that could be the easiest way to start. Um, I also have a journal on my website. It's a PDF download that you can just go through and journal every morning or every night. And you'll just write down like what day you are in your cycle. Um, and there's space for what you're thankful for, what you need to release, what you're struggling with. And then also a quick little page of like what I ate today and how I felt. Mm. And I think that that can be so helpful because it's simple. It can take you like five or 10 minutes, depending on how detailed you want to get. Um, but then you can have that and you can go back next month and be like, oh, weird on day 15. I felt like this last time. I wonder if it has to do with my cycle. And then it just helps you not to feel so like everything's just out there and weird and crazy. And sometimes things happen, like you said. Um, so I think either of those can be a really good way to start, like either actually diving in and like fully tracking your cycle with an app or just starting to pay attention to like, oh, I'm on day seven today. Um, and also that, um, guide that I mentioned, the empowered fertility guide, it has some, some tips and tricks for each phase of your cycle. So if you print that out, maybe that's a good way to kind of keep track too, and just be like, Oh, Monday seven, what kind of tea should I drink today? That's Mm -hmm. kind of where I would recommend starting is just be really basic. Um, but the more information you can write down, so you remember it later, it will be so helpful to start to notice your own patterns and understand your body. Mm, That's good. I really like that because I think there again, just start simple, just start by noticing and tracking and going from there. Um, I know for me, the app works great because I can kind of tap, type in all that. I will say it wasn't as detailed as what you have to offer as far as like the teas and things like that. Cause that's super important too. Like, okay, well, when it did talk a little bit about foods and I've learned a little bit about that and we can go into that at another time or somebody wants to dive in deeper for sure. Because I want to get into what we touched on just a little bit in our pre-conversation before we click record. Liver function is huge. And Mm -hmm. if, you know, we're talking to some women that like have spent a lot of time drinking for a period of time, that's one of the things we hear immediately. You know, our livers like this probably have been taking the hit from the consistent alcohol um, use and how do we, how does that relate to this? And then the other part of the question is how does, um, it's totally different. I think maybe, maybe not, maybe they go together, but I'm curious about how the estrogen and the dopamine kind of work as it relates to that too. Like how do they enter, inter intertwine with like drinking and that kind of thing? Okay. Yeah. So I'll start with the first part of the question. Um, I think that it's always like everyone has this idea that like, Oh, when I'm drinking, it's bad for my liver, but we don't really have any idea why or how. 
um, for the most part. It's just like, oh, it's probably, you know, a couple drinks, probably not that bad for my liver, but we know if you drink and drink and drink for years, that that's probably not going to be so good for it. But I think we look at that in the context of like cirrhosis or things like that, or like liver failure and Lord willing, no one that is listening to this is even close to in that place. Um, but it is actually so common whether or not you've been drinking regularly, um, for us to have liver dysfunction here in the U S um, or just in our modern world in general, because there's so much that contributes to, um, just overburdening our liver. And so some of those things can be just toxins in our food. So pesticides, herbicides, things like that in our food, in our water, there's a ton of stuff in our water. Like some of the things that I mentioned, medications, heavy metals, um, fluoride, chlorine. There's so much in our water even that is really hard on our bodies. And so our livers, um, they are not specifically just filtering everything out, but they do help with um, our detoxification. They're really big, really big for our detoxification. But I think a a common misconception is that our liver is just a filter. And that's not true. Our liver actually does a lot to regulate blood sugar. Um, It helps, it actually stores vitamins. It stores glycogen to help give us energy. Um, It helps filter out hormones like estrogen. And so when you have been drinking, um, most, if not all types of alcohols will increase your estrogen. And when your estrogen is increased, and then also I'm going to just make a wild guess that some of your ladies have also been on birth control because haven't we all pretty much. Um, and so when you have, especially a combination of years of birth control and alcohol use, um, you're going to have a pretty, I think a pretty high level of estrogen in your body, likely, um, unless there's just a miracle and your gut and your liver are working beautifully and getting it out. And so what that looks like, estrogen can actually be stored in our fat cells and then our fat cells will produce more estrogen. So that can be kind of a vicious cycle. Um, it can also be recirculated if the liver is not able to filter it out very effectively. So a lot of times you can have an issue with elevated estrogen just because of some issue with liver dysfunction or impaired detoxification. Um, and what that can show up as is things like um, skin problems like acne that can be trouble with not being able to lose weight. It can be mood swings. It can be terrible PMS. It can be heavy periods. It can be endometriosis. Um, PCOS has, there's a lot of, um, estrogen dominance related to that, um, painful periods as well. There's so much that's related to estrogens being high and it really all comes back to being able to support the liver because, when there's also probably some gut dysfunction, maybe some bacteria that are overgrown in the gut. And then there's also um, a lot of like um, personal care products that are not going to be good for your body that your skin is absorbing and your body's trying to process out. You know, like there's just so many pieces as women. And so one kind of simple thing we can do is go back to supporting the liver. And one of the ways that you can do that is to kind of think about the toxins that are in your life and try to reduce those. So if that is still drinking alcohol, you know, I know that that's something that your ladies are working on reducing if they are still drinking pretty consistently and that's going to help. 
also just making sure that you're eating really good quality protein that can be really, really good for your liver. Um, and that you're eating enough carbohydrates. I really see a lot of women who are doing like keto or something like that, and they're not doing carbohydrates, but your liver actually needs carbohydrates to be able to run well, because when you're storing or when you're, when you have carbohydrates coming in, you're able to store glycogen and your body has enough fuel to last you for a few hours. And then your liver can do all of its other functions that it needs to do. But if it's constantly trying to provide fuel for your body and trying to store fuel, that in itself impairs its detoxification. So I really always focus on eating carbohydrates and protein together and making sure that they're good, um, good quality. And that can be, that in itself can be really supportive of your liver. Um, and then one other thing that's actually really, really good for your liver and your gut is doing um, like a shredded raw carrot salad every day. And that can look like literally eating a raw carrot if that works best for you. And I do mean like a full size carrot, not a baby carrot. Um, or you can just shred it up and make a little, I like to make like a little homemade honey mustard on there and just eat some carrot salad every day because that fiber is specifically really good at binding to estrogens that are not being processed out of the body. Um, and also just like keeping you regular because it is really good fiber. Um, and even some of those toxins that can be present from, um, from drinking, from your liver being overburdened, but also from like gut imbalances. So that's a super simple tip along with those castor oil packs, um, that can help support improving your liver function and doing that for, I would say really consistently for a couple of months, hopefully you would start to see some changes, um, in some of your symptoms, but there's always, you know, there's always more pieces, but those would be a couple of things you could definitely start on. Oh my goodness. I love that. And oh my, thank you so much for saying we need carbs. (laughs) I have been, I'm 45 and I have tried it all, but I think I've tried it because I'm, I'm super curious and it's fascinating, but I've done all the things and I will tell you the worst I've ever felt is when I really greatly reduce carbohydrates because I've learned that my, I mean, my body was very, very, um, he, it just told me, girl, you got to have this. This is good energy. But of course we're talking, you know, whole grains, you know, healthy carbs, sweet potatoes, mm-hmm. things like that. I'm not over here just eating sandwiches every day, but I love that because, you know, I think we just, because I do believe, I mean, I have, I have some people that I have talked to and I coach with that, like, you know, are on the brink of there's some dangerous stuff going on with their liver. But for the most part, that's not the case because we know how powerful our bodies are and they heal. But it's just Mm -hmm. so helpful to know because that just gives us, and I love the carrot salad thing. I think that's so cool. I've never heard that one before, but it gives us sort of something. Yeah, it is easy. And it's something, it's a start. And that's what I'm always teaching. You know, this is a process. This is a journey. We can listen to this episode and be like, oh my God, there's just so much. And I'm so overwhelmed. I just don't know where to go. But that's the whole thing is anytime you're introduced to new information, it's all about just absorbing it. And then what, what are a couple of things you can pull out of it? And this can be one of just like, how do I nurture my body with nutrition? Because I know that a lot of women and um, we'll kind of finish up with this, if this is a good kind of place to end, I think immediately when I heard fat cells creating more estrogen, all these things. So there's a direct relation to the fact that, you know, we have been drinking, we might have more estrogen levels also because of the age group of women that are mostly listening. 
we're like, oh my gosh, I experienced this. Now, some women have said they lost weight right away, but I experienced the first year. I mean, nothing changed. Like I was like, you just assume, okay, I quit drinking. Those are all those extra calories. I'm just going to lose weight. And it just doesn't happen typically. So that's a huge part of, I think the estrogen It's also probably the times that we're, you know, when we're in the beginnings of removing alcohol, I even tell my clients this, you know, if you need ice cream Sunday, have ice cream because listen, you're removing alcohol and it's really challenging sometimes in that first 30 days. Do I want you eating it every day? No, but it's okay. But then we're going to really get a little bit better when it comes to like dealing with those urges and cravings and things like that. So mm-hmm. as far as like weight loss goes, um, is the best place to start with this detoxifying kind of process first and getting your body balanced. And then, you know, where do we go from there? And then, um, how can you help? I noticed on your website, you have some group coaching and you have a lot more education because there may be somebody listening. that's just like, Oh my gosh, this is exactly what I'm dealing with. How do I learn more kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So with weight loss, I think there's a lot of pieces that we kind of can easily ignore as women, right? Because I mean, there's not a lot of women who wouldn't be like, Oh yeah, I could lose a few pounds. Right. Everybody kind of thinks that, or maybe more. Um, I think something that's really important in our culture of Instagram and wearing yoga pants all the time and, you know, all those things that really kind of bring out our insecurities. um, I think it's really important to remember, especially if you're coming out of a long history of drinking a lot or of maybe, you know, I, I realized that drinking consistently doesn't usually just come from a desire to like, you just really love wine right? Um, there's usually some sort of trauma in the past and I'm not an expert on that, but that's kind of an assumption that I have that there, whether it's little trauma or big trauma, there's something that there's some sort of feelings that are not being dealt with. And a lot of times it can be stress and stress is such a huge like category of its own. But I really think that it's important to realize that your body might need time. Um, before it's ready to lose weight because there has been such a consistent stress on the body, whether that's emotions, whether that's legitimately just the alcohol. Um, and sometimes your body is not going to let go of weight right away because it's, it's still waiting to see if you're still in survival mode. Um, I think a lot of times women don't realize what a high level of stress does to your body in terms of weight loss. Um, because whether it's from cortisol or whether it's from estrogen, or whatever the other pieces are, when you're stressed the heck out all the time, your body is not going to let go of those extra 10 pounds or five pounds or 20 pounds or whatever it is, because you're literally surviving and your body thinks you might need that fuel later. So that's not going to just let go of that weight right away. The second that the alcohol goes away or the second that something goes away. I think there's a lot of times there is a little healing period. And sometimes that even looks like a little bit of weight gain, especially if you're more like on the underweight side, which I know can also be the case. So I think definitely like starting to, um, starting to look at like, what is going on with your nutrition? Are you truly fueling your body? Well, that doesn't look like restriction. That doesn't look like skipping meals. That doesn't look like intermittent fasting. I know that that's really popular, but for women and hormones, it's really not good. Um, because again, it's telling your body you're in starvation mode, you're in survival mode. Um, if you want your hormones to be healthy, 
I know this might be an unpopular opinion, but like you have to eat consistently. You have to tell your body that you're safe and you can't be punishing or restricting yourself with food. And so starting to use those pieces of really good nutrition and eating consistently, and then even just the, the carrot salad and drinking enough water and those type of things throughout time, you should start to see some changes in your weight, but, but for different people, that's going to look different. Some people will see weight loss right away. Some people, it'll take a couple months before it starts. Um, but definitely starting to support your liver is going to start to slow down that cascade that I talked about of like all the things building up and causing more inflammation and stress in your body. So that would be a really good place to start. And just to be really clear, none of this is medical advice. This is something to definitely talk to your own practitioner about. I would be happy to talk to you if you're, if you feel like maybe this is something that I can help you with. Um, like you mentioned, Michelle, I do, I do one-on-one coaching with women. Um, and then I also do have a group program. It's coming up um, in a couple of weeks from this recording time. So mid January, um, 2021. And that is my group program is all about really nourishing your hormones well and learning how to put all of the pieces together to really be able to build up your health and your liver function and your gut function and your hormones overall, all in a way that works for moms. Because I think it's really important when you're a mom to realize that like, you have a lot going on and there's going to be pieces that are going to work for you and pieces that aren't. And so I really do things like kind of slow and steady to make sure that they're going to work for work for my ladies um, without causing more stress, because as you heard me say, it's not a good thing. Um, So I definitely think that just giving yourself a lot of grace is really good. And that doesn't necessarily mean just giving yourself grace to eat ice cream all the time. It means giving yourself grace that things are going to take time and that you're not going to be perfect, but really looking at what you're doing in the scope of progress over perfection. I think that it's so easy to say that, but like if you really take that to heart in so many areas of your life, it can be literally life-changing to just give yourself grace to make progress, but that you're not going to be perfect right away. And then it might take a while um, that, I mean, I know that that's personally changed a lot of things for me to just have that perspective. Yes, I completely agree because I'm personally almost two and a half years alcohol free. And I can say that that was, that was absolutely the thing. It was all about the process and making progress and understanding that, you know, yes, we can have a lot of information, but until we take steps and implementing it and testing, you know, we're testing and we're, then we're going to tweak. This is about, to me, that's about everything, the growth, Mm -hmm. whether you're choosing nutritionally to make changes, whether it's exercise, whether it's understanding your hormones, removing alcohol, you know, even if it's business related, whatever you're doing with, we there is a season of testing and there's, you know, practicing and just kind of seeing and taking the time to be aware. So all these factors come in together. So I love this conversation because I feel like no matter who is listening, there's something that they can take from it, whether it's just like, oh, I mean, just the whole fact of like, can we just celebrate that we don't have to pick out of the, all these options on Pinterest? Let me eat keto. Let me do intermittent fasting. Let me do, you know, cause I will say I, even though I've been working on this journey for a long time, 
and growth, I still get the little shiny object syndrome sometime where I see these things. I'm like, Ooh, well maybe that's what I need to do. I just do exactly what that says and it's going to work. But yet at the end of the day, part of freedom and being in this set free sisterhood tribe is the freedom to be unique and the freedom to like understand inside and out who we are, how we were designed and created, you know, how to take care and nurture ourselves so that we can step into the calling that God has for us, whether it's to be that mom full of energy and grace or to take it into the business or take it into like you and I are doing, whether it's coaching people on different areas of health and growth. And, you know, I think the more we know ourselves and the more we take the time to learn to me, that's where freedom comes from and to not be bound by some set of specific rules or in some sort of box to where we, we learn how to do this for us. Because I can tell you, I can probably line up 10, 45 year old women and we're all going to have something different that we need to do for our own Mm -hmm. personal health. So I am super thankful for this conversation. I think that it has been um, I've even learned and I kind of knew ish about this. So I've got some a whole page of notes over here where I took some notes. So I hope my listeners are doing the same. So just before we go, I know we said we would put a link in there for some things, but where can they find you if they want to um, set up a time to talk to you about this or if they just kind of want to learn from your teaching? Yeah, absolutely. So the easiest place to find me is on Instagram and that's at abundant.life.wellness is my um, handle on Instagram. And you can also just look up Leisha Drews. You should be able to find Abundant Life Wellness through that as well. And I have links to um, book a call with me. I do a free 30 minute call um, just to see you know, what's been going on in someone's history and what they're looking for and just see if it's a good fit. Um, I also have several resources there. Like I mentioned, the empowered fertility guide that's linked in my bio on Instagram. Um, my website is linked there. If you want to learn more about me on my website, um, if you're not an Instagrammer, which I know a lot of people are hopping off, I understand my website is, um, www.abundant-lifewellness.com. So abundantlifewellness.com with just a dash between the abundant and a life. Um, and I'm sure we'll link to that too, but those are um, really good ways to get a hold of me. I have a lot of, a lot of information on my Instagram about some of these things that we've talked about and a lot more um, that's just free. That empowered fertility guide is free. Um, and then I also have some resources. Like I have a course that really goes more into cycle syncing. And then, like I mentioned, a group program and one-on-one. So super excited. I have a lot, a lot of different levels to offer in 2021. And I'm just loving being able to just really personalize things with women because just like you were saying, like, I think it's so important to realize we're not all the same. And that syndrome of just, you know, searching Google or searching Pinterest and being like, oh, maybe this, you know, this little shiny supplement that showed up on my ad, like maybe that'll fix things for me. Or maybe this change of diet will fix things for me. Um, I haven't found that a lot of women have had great success with that because I really feel like when we are super unsure that that's really the thing for us, it's really hard to follow through. And so I think that that's what has made what I do different and really helpful is you have someone specifically telling you what works for you. And then you're able to troubleshoot with me, um, going through and seeing how things go and 
you're not just on your own and wondering like, oh, maybe I need to go back to Pinterest and see what else they have. Exactly. Well, and that's why I love coaching so much. And that's why I, I do the same thing. It's just, it's so valuable to work with someone one-on-one or in a group setting that you can continue to troubleshoot with, have the accountability, ask questions, mm-hmm. you know, pull their expertise and go from there because um, there is the rabbit hole of the internet and that is not yeah. going to get us any further. So no. thanks again for being here. And um, I look forward to chatting down the road again soon. It was a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Okay, girlfriend, before you go, if you found value in this podcast and it helped you, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. Every so often, I will read reviews and give shout outs. To dig deeper, join us at Set Free Sisterhood over on Facebook. I will pop the link in the show notes. And don't forget, if you know someone that would enjoy or benefit from this podcast, share it with them and take a screenshot and post it in your Instagram stories and tag me. It's time to take back our power, ladies, and be set free. Until next time, stay blessed. Michelle.